0: forever
1: dog
0: I used to think that this was my town what a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means just want you in my arms again, and we can search each other's dreams I know you're tired you ain't
1: sleeping well. we have a really awesome interview that I think you are going to dig very hard uh, with Dr. Meredith J wills who is an astrophysicist a knitter and a baseball fan um so yeah we'll be back right after this with an interview. With Meredith J. Wills, astro- Dr. Meredith J. Wills, astrophysicist, right after this. I am so excited about our guest uh three bees you're gonna be this i cannot wait for this conversation that's about to happen please welcome to the show dr meredith j wills how are you doing this evening
0: i'm doing great thanks for having me on yeah
1: absolutely i would love for you to introduce yourself to everybody that's listening because i feel like you're gonna do a much better job than i am (laughs)
0: Okay. Hi, I'm Meredith. Uh, I have a PhD in astrophysics. I now work as a sports data scientist, and I have spent a huge chunk of the last, oh, well over a year tearing apart baseballs.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I got into that and will get into that. Um, But I'm curious because I ask everybody that's on the show this same question. Like, what is your... So you're your relationship to baseball, like when did it start? How did it start? You know?
0: Okay. Uh, I was born on opening day.
1: Hell yeah. I was three weeks
0: old when my dad took me to my first ball game. Uh, three
1: I weeks. Remember three weeks. Absolutely. What if you did remember that? You'd be a good I, I, astrophysicist. I, you, you
0: cut off. The, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, what I. Mean. I, I uh, as my dad will repeatedly tell me, Steve Carlton was pitching. Nice. And I have since, in fact, uh, I even still somewhere have the batting helmet, the giveaway batting helmet that they gave to all the kids. Yeah. I was three weeks old. I was entitled to a batting helmet. Wow. And um, but yeah, Steve Carlton was pitching. My dad will remind me of this, and I've since gotten to know Scott, Scotty Carlton a bit. Cool. And uh, he said, "Oh yeah, well, if you send me the helmet, my dad'll." autograph it and so you know kind of everybody freak out my dad thought it was cool too i need to track the helmet down i think it's in storage in boston
1: but i have it you got to get it done meredith i will get it done. (laughs) i believe in you i believe in you so so you were like just in it from birth in a baseball family or was it just a dad thing or what was my
0: dad play i mean my dad was particularly he was an obsessive milwaukee braves fan like the entire time he grew up you know, in Wisconsin. And the team didn't exist for a ton of time. But it was basically during kind of all the formative years for him. And what you have to realize is it wasn't just opening day, but it was also the day that Hank Aaron tied Babe Ruth's home run record. Oh, wow. Of course, Hank did all his entire career with the Braves, including the whole time they were in Milwaukee. So and you you were born born on that day. I was born on that day. Wow. Um, my dad is not somebody who I associate with being particularly, you know, religious superstitious. But he literally went out and bought me a baseball bat the day I was born. He was convinced from then I was supposed to be a Hall of Famer, which has happened. That's... Uh, forget all the big <laughs> degrees and all the stuff. What he was excited about was basically that I have stuff in the Hall of Fame now. And I do, in fact, now do collaborations
1: with him. So Well, let's get into that because it's come up. You know, because I okay. we'll get into the astrophysics a little bit later, but like, oh god, tell everybody yeah. how you got into the Hall of Fame. You're the second person that I've talked to that's in the uh, Hall of Fame, which is Who's very cool. Justine Siegel, she has.
0: Okay, yeah, I know. I know Just. Well, I I know Justine a little. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, but yeah, she's she's just an amazing person. She is an
1: amazing, um, just a mm-hmm. tremendous human being. She has her yep. uh, batting practice jersey at Cooperstown. So how how did oh, that's right?
0: You I get in there. Idea um nothing nearly so grandiose i don't know about Uh, that uh, no no (laughs) it's actually it's a cute story which is that um so i let's see i tear apart baseballs i uh you know i do baseball stuff and i have done astrophysics the other kind of part of that is i am a knitter and specifically a knitting designer uh, so, you know, if you do a search on me and knitting, you'll find stuff that's tech. I think I've got a pattern coming out next week, you know, whatever happens. So, uh, <laughs> about, I think it was in 07, uh, a fan organization called stitch and pitch had a national contest looking for, you know, they just wanted people to do different designs and different kinds of fiber arts things. Uh, what, what stitch and pitch is, is basically they'll do like one game a season and, you know, with the special ticket or whatever, and you bring your knitting or your crochet or your embroidery and there's a giveaway. And, you know, I actually even made the, the big board, uh, in, uh, at Miller Park one year. Wow. During Stitch and Pitch, which was kind of fun. It was a total fluke, I think. But, um, so I ended up winning this design contest in 07 with a, a pair of socks that I designed. And they were, I had a couple pair that I did because the whole, the whole premise is that you can use different logos. So I I did two pair. One was Yankees. One was Rockies. uh, But and I desperately need to go in and update them. The pattern is available for free online. Yes. Um, If you want, maybe we can put
1: a link. You can put a link. Absolutely. It'll be in the footnotes.
0: Uh, And it has to be available for free because otherwise I'm sure MLB would want to charge me royalties. A lot. But it was (laughs) it was a you know, it was an MLB approved contest. Great. We're cool. And so the socks that had the Rockies logo uh, in 2009 Uh, the Hall of Fame approached me and said, you know, they wanted to recognize Stitch and Pitch as a fan organization. And would I be willing to donate those socks? And so in 2010, you know, this is my dad refers to it as my induction, which I think is hysterical. It's great. Uh, I love that on display. And they're actually still on display. Wow. And since then, I've now done uh, some like there's a pair of stirrup socks. I did to go with Eddie Goodell's uniform. Wow. For one thing. this is the guy who was like three foot something yeah uh that uh bill Vec brought in and um i'm now also doing a couple collaborations with them uh the one that's sort of the most visible right now is doing a stitch by stitch reproduction of a sweater that ty cobb donated
1: i saw that on your blog spot it's beautiful that's that's the whole point of the
0: blog spot and and that's uh it's it's been on hiatus a bit because I've had a whole bunch of, you know, great new job and now all this stuff with the baseballs. But I am finally pulling the sweater out again.
1: And it's almost done. I swear. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's um, like, that's gorgeous. Yeah. It's like gorgeous oh, yeah. work.
0: And, and it's, it's actually just been like, as a scientist, it's actually been fascinating to do that. Because, you know, there are a whole bunch, sorry, I'm going to geek out a little here. Please. There are a lot of construction techniques that you don't see in knitting at all. Uh, nowadays, uh, it, which is, is interesting to like me. Like from the time
1: of Ty Cobb. From,
0: from the time, not, not just the time of Ty Cobb, but I've since gone back to the Hall of Fame a couple times to look at this stuff. And they've got eight or nine sweaters, I guess. So I've looked at some from different periods, but there's one from like 1935, 37, that's the same construction. And um, so all I can figure is that some of this stuff, it might have been up to like around World War II and then after World War II, stuff changed, you know, cause they, they, they did these, these factories. And what you have to realize is these were mass produced, but they were mass produced largely by hand. Right. Because yeah. that's just what you did. And so there are some techniques that I guess it, it doesn't surprise me that the mass production, you know, like the sweater you buy at, you know, insert store here, uh, isn't going to have these techniques. But, uh, the fact that like, If you get a knitting pattern, you still don't see these. Somehow these are lost very, very quickly. And so it's been really cool reverse engineering it from, you know, seeing the sweater a couple times and taking a lot of pictures and a lot of notes and trying. I think I finally nailed it on draft number
1: four. (laughs) So you mean like you started sweaters four times and on the fourth one you got the stitch right?
0: If you, if you go back and look, I even got all the way, I, I made it, I was probably three quarters of the way through and decided, no, this is not going to work. Ripped it out, started over. That was like, wow. Two. Um, but this time, I mean, and that's what I mean about learning about it is some of it's trial and error. Some of it's having an aha moment. Uh, this does sort of permeate my whole life by the way. So we can call this, you know, an analogy or, a um, whatever, uh,
1: I'll think of the word. There's 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 a good word. <laughs> sure. So, well, wait, What yeah. when you say this permeates your whole life, what's well, this? Well, the idea
0: of doing that kind of uh, curiosity and, and problem solving. So like the the, the the baseball, for instance, the baseball construction stuff, in a way, also started with Hall of Fame collaborations, not specifically the study part. But uh, the other thing that I've been doing with them, and because I've been working on the Ty Cobb where this hasn't moved forward at quite the same rate is I discovered that, you know, baseballs are mostly yarn inside yes. and it turns out that the yarn is knittable, And so I started doing, you know, t- uh, cause I, I'm a designer. I, you know, original designs uh, with the idea that we're then going to auction them off as fundraisers for the hall of fame. Cause it is a 501 C three. It's not like MLB supports it. So it's a museum, you know, you, you right. that's, that's how it stays in business. You know, everyone's going to the hall of fame induction, and I hope they spend a lot of money in support of the Hall of Fame. Cause I mean, I love it. But, uh, so the idea is that we'll, you know, auction off these, these sweaters that I'm going to be, or not, it's not just sweaters, but like my latest project is a sweater, um, uh, baseball yarn, you know, to, to raise money. And it turns out that you need to take apart an awful lot of baseballs. <laughs> yeah. I was going to so say like 20 base. I think it requires like 20 baseballs roughly to get like a men's sweater,
1: 20 baseballs to a shirt basically.
0: Pretty much. And Major League Baseballs are hard to get. Yeah. So, uh, hence, hence, you know, when we do auction these off, I hope they bring in a lot of money because we, at the very, not not that I'm paying, you know, these are donated baseballs, but sure. still, it's, you know, you'd like to think you make up whatever the cost the team would have paid type thing.
1: Yeah, of course. And the time but, and all hmm. of it. That's oh, really yeah. well, fun. So do you, do you use the red yarn also?
0: The laces I have not worked in Yet I do have one design in mind where I could, but the problem is that they're so much thinner. Oh sure, it's it's a little tough. Um, I could probably do them as sorry knit geek again yeah. as what you'd almost call a carry thread. Uh-huh. It's like if I did it alongside something else. Oh I'm yeah, not sure. That's a look I'd want. so wow. But there
1: there is there is so like, kind of a hit and like, run situation is what you're talking about. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I it's love this. A, like yeah. see, this is what I love about. This is personally what I love about baseball: the fact that knitting and baseball are intertwined in this way. They're they're knitted together. If you pardon the pun, you know oh, that's all right. It's, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's so, so wild because you you know looking at the two things, you would be like, "There's no way that these two things have anything to do with each other." And you're like, "Nope, they totally do."
0: Well, the the, the interesting thing actually is that uh, there this for the certainly for the 2017 home run surge and then to a certain extent for for the current one uh i would not have figured that out had i not been a knitter um wow you know it was it tell was, me m- actually- let's,
1: let's get into the home run surge stuff and all of the okay. data because i read it and then i was like i cannot wait for her to tell me what this is <laughs> because yeah, I, I mean that's I, I that's fascinating that bad. like you wouldn't this, have this is- the knitting is what gets you into it and and also yeah. your curious science doctor brain you know yeah I Which mean, is what one, I love.
0: One thing I think people should realize though is that it is kind of the, the, the curiosity and the asking questions and the having an idea of context and what you're looking at. Cause, uh, in a lot of, I mean, people, they hear astrophysicists, they, they think, you know, th- there's this very esoteric association with what it means to do science and, you know, yeah. having that, that title sort of adds to that stereotype so they're picturing things like you know computers and wind tunnels and <laughs> and and that's necessary and there are absolutely people who are doing that stuff in my case my tools were things like a box cutter and a t-pin and a chopstick
1: yeah and, and a, a microfiber cloth
0: a, uh microfiber cloth <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the 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 board the board I used to get the the um the the uh, smoothness measurements. Uh, I could have gone to Home Depot and bought one, except that one of my neighbors very nicely left uh, a stack of perfectly good bookcase boards sitting next to the um the you know, big trash bin
1: outside the building. So look at that. So much yeah. better than spending money to do it
0: exactly. And it was
1: just as good. And yeah, and I also, you know, <laughs> the other thing is I'm not getting funding for this guy, right. Of course. <laughs> I mean, so you did so you did yeah. so much research on be, because when I was just sort of walking into this idea, I mean, I also I have my sort of very pedestrian theories on mm-hmm. the home run surge and the effects that have nothing to do with that. I'm like, yeah, of course, the ball is something. To me, it's it's other aspects that it all comes together in this mm-hmm. sort of you know just like just a meeting of all these points that create mm-hmm. like the most home runs of all time. Yeah. One of them oh, yeah. one of them being time itself. Like the fact mm-hmm. that baseball has been played for over 150 years, mm-hmm. 150 professionally in major league baseball. Sure. Um that uh, at some point of course it has to be like this, you know, and we just happen to be living in it. To a yeah, certain extent. That's not a very scientific, that's more of a spiritual look at it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There, there's
0: something to be said for that, although I, you know, sort of thinking about some of the, it, it's, it, the more discussions I have, the more stuff kind of, uh, I don't know, crystallizes, maybe, you know, you have new ideas, new interpretations. I mean, one thing, for instance, that in retrospect, actually, certainly for this time around, but but even previously, the stuff that the Home Run Committee did. I'm not surprised that they found it was the ball. And part of the reason is because what you needed was something that was going to basically be universal across the game. So everybody kind of had the same thing. And it was also something that, it, it, it particularly the idea that it was the aerodynamics. Uh, if it's not the aerodynamics, the way you would know that is basically because the, the nature of the impact you know, essentially how the ball is, how the uh, ball is coming off the bat. And that's something we can measure with exit velocity. Yes. So if exit velocities had gone up, that would say, okay, it's either a different characteristic of the ball or the bat or the players. The fact that there's been a little bit um, of an increase in exit velocity this year, but it's certainly not enough to account for this. And there's even some speculation that it, may just almost be like a I don't want to call it a rounding error, but StatCast hasn't been around that long. Right. And the tech gets better and better every year. So the idea that maybe exit velocity has been going up a little bit over time anyway, and it just kind of ends up in the noise. um, And this time it just hasn't. But they're just it's not like it's not like everybody changed their bats at the same time. I mean, it could be that we're in the (laughs) middle of another PED scandal, but that would say exit velocity. Right. Exit velocity isn't up it's got to be how the ball travels to the air, which, of course, made this time around much easier. It's like, OK, it has to be the ball. It has it's to be, be the ball. Else.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And As- then even with the previous
0: one, like there's a there's a certain uh, process of elimination almost that that suggests that um, it was just and it's what the Home Run Committee found for the 2017 surge. And, you know, there's a lot of people you know, basically with, you know, kind of the same letters that I have after my name and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of very, very smart people, uh, you know, physicists, uh, mathematicians, engineers, all that stuff. But, and they, what they found was they found again, gee, the draw balls traveling farther, uh, the drag was down specifically, but they didn't know what was, what was different. And so that's where kind of I got lucky and knowing, knowing something about knitting was what came into, to play. Wild. <laughs>
1: Can you can yeah. you nail down exact like just just your understanding of knitting is is it or was it a specific aspect of knitting that like opened that door into your research on the ball that then helped out the home run committee
0: Um well basically I mean I guess knitting fi- we uh, someone who does weaving would know this too but one of the ways that you can tell Essentially, uh, the term you use is gauge, and it just has to do with like how many stitches you're going to have, or, or in, in the case of weaving, you know, how many, how many threads you're going to have in a given direction. Uh, you want to know how thick your yarn or your, your thread or whatever is. And so you do something you call wraps per inch, which is you literally take whatever you're knitting or weaving with and you wrap it around some dowel that has measurements on it you know like in in this case inches usually and um you figure out okay you know it's if it's got 10 wraps per inch you're going to get something that's the stitches will be roughly this big if it's 15 they're going to be roughly this big and it was literally the last measurement i did and the one that wasn't sort of on my list of things to do it was looking at the um in this case the the laces and I'm, I'm not going to get this quote, it's Isaac Asimov, which is something along the lines of, you know, uh, great discoveries are not generally accompanied by Eureka, but by the phrase, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, he's quite right, or was quite right. But in this case, it was going through, and I was trying to get lengths on the laces, and realized that the the balls I was looking at, and these were kind of pre-home run surge, and home run surge balls for, you know, related to the 2017 one, that they just looked different. They looked one, you know, it looked like it might be a thickness thing. And so what I did was I took a chopstick and I put ruler tape along it. And in this case, I didn't do wraps per inch because the laces are pretty thin. So it was wraps per centimeter. And that was it. Wow. And and just so I mean, so yeah, literally the knitting knowledge was what solved the problem. Wow. And on top of that... Uh, that was, that was last June that, so you found the difference in the ball. It then comes to, all right, how does that difference end giving you home runs? Right. And what I then, and again, once again, fiber arts is, is great. The laces are cotton. And what I realized was that, you know, the way, and kudos to the home run committee for, for reporting this, but what it looked like was that when Rawlings, after the balls are made, you know, everything's set and they just would let them air dry because you, you, what you have to do in order to get the leather to conform to a spherical ball, you, you basically have to soak it and you then, you know, kind of attach it on and then you put the stitches in using the laces and the ball's wet, so it's got to dry. And so they would just let them air dry. And the thing with cotton, though, is if you get it wet and the stitches are pulled super tight, I mean, obviously, anyone who's held a baseball, you know this, Um, wet cotton, if it's stretched and dries, stays stretched. So what I thought was happening and what seems to have been the case was that thinner cotton, thinner laces will stretch more because they're just not as strong. And so what that means is that the balls before the home run search had thinner laces. And so if they're stretching more, that basically means almost you're getting like a bulging at the seams. It'd be almost like the ball is pulling itself apart a little along the seams as opposed to with the thicker laces. They're just not going to stretch as much <laughs> because they're thicker. So it doesn't pull away from itself as much as the seams. And hence the ball stays rounder. And so yet again, look, knitting knowledge, I have, or, or at least fiber arts. You know, <laughs> yeah. look, I know that co- that air-dried cotton stays stretched. Um, I have a feeling, actually, that that may also be the biggest reason that what's going on now is happening, which this is going to sound kind of weird, but uh, the, so, you know, I, I put this out in September and I, the one thing that you're, or, I mean, you're seeing several things. You're seeing like a number of them, but the things that seem to be having the greatest effect on the aerodynamics for the the 2019 ball are basically that the seam height is much lower. It's like half as high, and uh, the balls are rounder. I mean, they're they're about as close to perfectly round as you can get. Uh, you know, like subtracting up the seams. And the, the laces seem to be sitting lower. I I can't quantify that exactly the same way, but pitchers are talking about how it's much harder to pull the laces up, you know, how they tend to do that, uh, to get a better grip or to try to get, um, you know, break differently. And so what it looks like is that the laces are not stretching during the drying process anymore. And that's even more interesting because they went back to the thinner laces on this new ball as well. And I suppose what that relates to is that the 2017 ball was, seemed to be related to a massive increase in pitcher blisters.
1: Right. Yes. I remember so, that. So,
0: and the thicker laces, you know, and, and in fact, you know, um, Rich Hill in 2016. I was just going to say Rich Hill. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well not just that, but he literally said, check the lace thickness to MLB. Yeah. So like that's on the record. Um, And so it's, you know, kudos to MLB for taking that seriously. And once I found evidence of, Thicker laces, they went back to thinner laces. But you somehow have thinner laces, which, in theory, should be stretching more, not stretching at all. And the only way that I can think of that you can dry cotton under those conditions such that it doesn't stretch is by putting it under, say, like a. It would be the equivalent of throwing your your the T-shirt you've just washed in the dryer, so that it kind of shrinks back to like before you wore it, you know, because it gets all stretched right. out
1: during the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think. So you think they're drying the balls?
0: They're drying the balls probably under some kind of hot air flow. Think of taking like a blow dryer to the baseballs.
1: Right. But then would that do anything to the home run pop? Heating up leather like that?
0: It has nothing to do with heating up the leather. It has to do with the fact that the laces suddenly don't stretch. Yeah. So the ball gets rounder, which, or stays rounder, I should say, and a rounder baseball is going to travel farther. And I think as a side effect of that, what's happening is, uh, those laces are, because they're not stretching, they're forcing the seams to stay flatter. Right. And lower seams also make the ball travel further. <laughs> and so by taking a blow dryer to the baseballs. Yeah. 2019 home run surge. And if I hadn't published that article last September, it would never have dawned on them.
1: Wow. So it's possible that the balls are juiced, but it was to try to remove blisters. Well, I wouldn't even say when I say when is, I say juiced. Also
0: with thicker laces, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, like it's the thing is juiced, and it's not necessarily intentional, right? You that, know what I mean?
0: I that I will say is that yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean they clearly knew ahead of time. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, Joel Sherman had an article in the New York post. I think it was like April 11th and MLB officials said they knew the drag was down the ball. And, and by definition, lower drag means more home runs, right? Like one just is the other. So they're, they're on the record saying that back in April and somehow nobody exactly ran with it or, you know, pointed that out to Manfred when he said, Oh no, no, this is just, you know, natural variation and, and wouldn't even quite acknowledge that it was the drag until just in the last few weeks, uh, which was a little bit odd. Because right. He was talking about the his office. We're talking about, you know, yeah.
1: So, and they were like, they were talking about, he was saying it was the, that the pill was centered, right? The pill. Um, if you were to have
0: and start from a, an off centered pill and make it more centered, That would actually improve drag. Uh, It's about the only thing inside the ball that will do that. I mean, the the way I like to think of it is um, when you throw a football and it's a spiral, you know, that's how you're supposed to throw a football. If you're me and you throw a football, it totally tumbles in the air. Sure. Yeah. Um, That ball that tumbles just does not travel as well. It's actually because it's spinning like that and the spin is centered that the thing travels the way it does. So if the pill or the core was slightly off center, it would effectively tumble in the air a little. Uh, however, if you actually look at how they make the baseballs, you know, they start with that that pill and then they, you know, have this, mach- this really impressive machine that winds the yarn on. And then there's, you know, the various layers. It's really, really hard to wind a baseball and keep the pill off center
1: yes yeah it just and so so it's 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 like a non-problem it's, yeah it's, it's, it's antithetical it's, it's... to the machine itself right? basically
0: yeah yeah and and so it was proposed by the home run committee but i don't think it was proposed in a we've looked into the manufacturing process <laughs> right stuff, because clearly they didn't
1: yeah they just know, said they... maybe it's this and then we're like it's this
0: right well yeah. i mean even even to the point where in the you know as part of the home run Report or the Home Run Committee's report, they did go to Rawlings. They they had you know this whole list of maintenance things and process improvements and stuff. And then there's this great little sentence, and they're saying, "Yeah, you know this is really too technical, and it clearly can't have any effect on what's going on." And that was kind of full stop. Why not? Um, that's obviously a paraphrase, but but the point being that um, that construction aspect or or the extent to which little changes in the construction were having an effect or were viable to begin with was not something that that they took into account and that's i think just has to do a lot with the backgrounds of the people on the committee you know they they're they they do their stuff really really well but you know there aren't people who are in manufacturing on the committee i was surprised there were no players on it honestly that's one that kind of that's pretty strange. surprising
1: actually yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, well, so what kind of people are on it? Like, what are their uh, backgrounds? Let's
0: see. Uh, there are people who have, uh, I mean, like, like I said, you know, physicists, mathematicians, engineers, but you have people who tend to specialize more in things like simulations mm. or lab experiments or, um, you know, or I'm trying to think like, you know, I saw wind tunnel counts as lab. But there, there's, it's, it's much more uh, controlled, I should say. Sure. And In fact, I think that's the – how do I put this? The goal certainly with the Home Run Committee and Rawlings' goal to a large extent is that the idea of having the balls as similar to each other as possible seems to be a big thing. Uh, that was certainly what the Home Run Committee wanted like they basically did not like the extent that the balls varied from each other. This is, this is treated as a problem. Um, It is a fact. I don't necessarily know if it's supposed to, I mean, I don't know if the balls are all supposed to be the same if they're, you know, within spec. And I'm, I'm perfectly happy to run with the within spec. If we, you know, understand a little more about the construction. But I kind of think it's cool that baseballs are different from each other. I mean, they are handmade. Yeah, I mean, it's the only I don't know if cricket balls are or not. But certainly in this country, I'm trying to think of another popular sport where the ball is handmade.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it brings us kind of full circle to the beginning of this conversation, which is Mm -hmm. you talking about those sweaters that were mass produced, yet all made by hand. Exactly.
0: I love that. That's a great connection. I hadn't thought of that. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all just like, it's all connected. And that's what Mm -hmm. I really love about, I mean, baseball in general. It's so like, Mm -hmm. again, pun intended, woven into the fabric of... (laughs) this country in it's, a way it's, it's really
0: easy to come up with the puns which
1: yeah i mean they're right there and it's kind yeah. of my job so that's okay <laughs> yeah. i don't have a degree Actually, in it but here's here's one for you
0: what i mean because i once i started working in baseball i would notice this um i defy you to get through a, a conversation or any you know period of time where you don't end up Pulling in a baseball analogy without even thinking yeah. about it, you know, you talk about you know something being base. on base or <laughs> out of left field. Or yeah, after a while, it's just ahead of the curve. It's, of course, I suppose that could be racing. But the, the point being, it's just like they're all there.
1: It's all there all the time, and people who actively dislike baseball use them all the time. Well, that's you they're, know, they're part of they're part of the the language. It's part I mean, of the language. They know how to not to use them. I know exactly. They do <laughs> not know. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've got so many strikes against you. I mean, come on. It's right there. There you go. Yeah. So I want to know what your job is in baseball now and what what you're doing there. Well, what
0: I'm doing, I, I'm working for uh, the company is uh, Sports Media Technology or SMT. It used to be uh, Sport Vision. So now we're umbrellaed under SMT. And they were the ones who created PitchFX, which is oh. what was, uh, you know, the pitch tracker. Yes. TrackMan, and so in fact, there's I don't I don't know if we're still at most of the pitching data as PitchFX, but they're probably comparable at this point. Um, and so MLB went with Statcast for things like you know the ball tracking, the player tracking, kind of all the on-field stuff for Major League Baseball. And what we have is something called FieldFX, which is, is also player tracking and batted ball tracking and pitch tracking and all the same kind of stuff. Except in our case, we do it with things like minor league or NCAA or various uh, international leagues. Cool. Uh, not the international league, but leagues overseas. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, gotcha. Um, Thank you for that correction. Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, no, I mean, we have international league park. Yeah. I think. Uh, you know, we just, let's put it this way. You know, we're, we're covering all levels and oh, yeah. I'm assuming some of our triple a parks are internationally they must be Um, but the uh i like so i'm i'm specifically working with the ball tracking player tracking stuff which is believe it or not a really really good crossover from what i did in astrophysics uh which is why i wanted to get into it because like that's where i developed the skill set that turns out to be applicable, particularly to player tracking, which is not easy. Um, it's a very, it's there. There's there's just a lot of nuance. I mean, look at it this way. Even if you're just talking about players, you can have as many as 13 players on the field at a given time. Uh, plus, generally, these things track the umpires and the first and third base coaches, and you know, so it's a little. It can, it can get very, very complicated. Wow. Um, and.
1: But so how did that relate to, to, like, to the, mm-hmm. to, like tracking 13 people on a field? How does that then relate to, like, the work you did at NASA or, like, just uh, astrophysics?
0: The, 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 the NASA research that I did was actually looking at the, believe it or not, the corona of the sun. So if uh, people aren't, I mean, people know what that is even if they don't know what it is. It is not just a beer. Um, <laughs> but... Oh, God, we get so many jokes about that. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but if you've ever seen a um, an eclipse and, you know, all particularly a total eclipse and you see, you know, kind of all the cool stuff that that's out around an eclipse, that's actually the corona. Uh, it turns out that if we send up satellites, uh, the corona generally is actually super hot, like like a million degrees kind of hot or hotter. Yeah, that's hot. Um, yeah. And so it doesn't actually like give off uh, the kind of light we can see with our eyes. It gives off X rays, oh, um, or extreme ultraviolet X rays. The point is, it's like, uh, so this is actually, believe it or not, why it's really good that like we live down there and and or down here and not like up in <laughs> yeah. orbit, uh, because otherwise we'd like all be irradiated to death. You know, it's like basically your doctor's X ray machine 24/7 kind of deal, wow. probably worse. Uh, but if we do send up a satellite and we look. at, at, you know, those, if we look basically using an x ray telescope, I mean, that's literally what it is. Uh, It turns out that that the corona of the sun is actually really, really cool and just does all of this awesome stuff. In fact, the the telescope, or I should say that the 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 mission, the instruments that I um, observatory, it's a sorry, (laughs) you're fine. Solar Dynamics Observatory, SDO. That was what I was working on before uh, yeah. before I went into baseball. Uh, anyway, you end up seeing on the Weather Channel, a lot of times they literally will show videos of this coronal data that, that's being taken from space, which is awesome. And so what I looked at were particularly the origins of solar storms. And these are the kind of things that like create, for instance, the, nor- the northern lights. Oh. Um, but they also end up impacting things, for instance, like radio communication. Uh, they can have... Uh, it's, it's not unusual, for instance, for, um, if you're doing, if you're flying from, say, the US overseas, you know, to Europe or to Asia or whatever, if there's a solar storm in progress, they will actually divert, uh, the plane so that, like, it doesn't go, normally it would go over the pole, um, because that just happens to be, like, the shortest route, you know, the, the Earth being a sphere. And so they'll actually divert so that you're not going, like, basically through the Northern Lights. Right. Although I have seen them from an airplane. It is amazing. Wow. once in my life. That sounds cool. Um, but yeah, so, so what I looked at was basically the, where those storms started on the sun and it's actually, there's a, just a lot going on. <laughs> I'm so, sure yeah. as opposed, as opposed to like, when you're looking at the 13 players on a ball field, you know, there there are occasionally issues, but you pretty much know that the center fielder is the center fielder all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. As opposed to the kind of stuff I looked at, where it's like, okay, this could be one of three effects, and I need to kind of figure out how to pull them apart, such that I can answer the questions I'm trying to trying to answer. And so it's like, all right, uh, it's. It's still complicated, but it's just a lot more straightforward because, you know, you can tell the difference between one player and another. Sure. As opposed to, you know, it would be, it, it would be a little bit like, um, in some ways, it's like meteorology. It would be like, you know, trying to parse clouds or something. Got it. Into discrete whatever. It just doesn't make
1: any sense. Yeah. Um, but baseball makes so much more sense. Well, baseball, I
0: mean... Baseball's always
1: made more sense. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Meredith, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. Well, mm-hmm. I have enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. Yeah, this and has been fun. You're a wonderful human being, and it's been cool <laughs> to... I, I want to let everybody know that uh, Dr. Meredith J. Wills has been knitting this entire conversation. And I, <laughs> what what is it that you're making? Is that a sweater sleeve? Oh, uh, all right. Well, no one else is going to see this. But Nobody else, but I'll, I'll describe That's it. That's all right. No, I'm just saying they're just not on
0: video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the other one of these socks. Oh,
1: my God. What a beautiful. That
0: is a beautiful sock. It's Honestly, there's not much to it. The yarn's already striped. I,
1: I, yeah, but I, you I, chose I, it, though. I, you know what I mean?
0: I think I bought it at Joanne's.
1: Meredith, I was raised at Joann's. So look at this. There you go. Look yeah, at this so full simple. circle. You uh-huh. know, it's like it was in the stars. What, what's 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 your crafty stuff? I got to ask. Oh, like crafty stuff. Let's see. I mean, I'm trying well, to... Raised at Joann's. Raised at Joann's, but I, I wasn't into it because I was like, I like sports. And so I was like very resistant to all of it. But you were talking about like uh weaving and stuff and i was like maybe i should do that i mean i like to draw and i take care mm-hmm. of plants that's what i've been into uh and a big okay, photographer well, you take care of plants because i just kill them i yeah i'm trying to learn how to better tend to my plants i'm starting with a lot of succulents but i did grow some uh, nasturtiums some black velvet nasturtiums and they're going strong so Very i cool. feel pretty good about that so i'm growing i'm growing my sort of craft stuff like building things and just but slowly but surely not getting too far into something yeah. and then just quitting because i don't want to do it
0: <laughs> yeah i i uh weaving is cool my my aunt actually is very good at it god kathy would love to yeah i'm good for her. Sure. kathy by the way you have to listen to the end of a baseball podcast she'll kill
1: me <laughs> hi,
0: kathy, hi you- kathy it's great to yeah. meet you so so yeah, but she's she's a remarkable weaver. But there's a lot of equipment that goes into it. Yeah, you're right. Well, you know, and like. Well, I don't want to, Meredith. I don't want
1: to. I don't want to do it well. I just want to do a tiny. I want to make a pot holder on mm-hmm. my couch while I'm watching baseball or something like that. Beating is good. All right, I'll get into beating.
0: Yeah. B e a d i n g. Yeah. B-E-A-D. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that's actually. uh not that i do a ton of it but i certainly have enough supplies yeah and um uh <laughs> but yeah that that's actually one that, that's pretty good for sitting watching the ball game and still nice you know not having to to do too much so. i
1: appreciate that suggestion and mm-hmm. i appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us here on three swings dr Thank meredith j wills me. This is great yeah thanks so much for being here it was so great to talk to you